ADD Cast number 20. Welcome, everyone, to another ADD cast. This week we have a techno testosticast for you. I am joined in studio by Mr. Mike Stewart. Howdy. AAA is unable to join us tonight. He's feeling a little ill. And tonight we are going to breach another taboo subject. That's right. We are talking about politics. Yeah, I hope you disagree with me. It'd suck if we just agree on everything. Well, see, I, I'm sure I, already, we disagree. I already know we disagree. <laughs> Sweet. All right. You've already stated that you are a Republican. Well, I, I don't know that I'm a so I'm I like to tell people that I am a fiscally conservative, uh socially liberal atheist. Okay. So that paints me something. But but when it comes to social things, I'm extraordinarily liberal. See, I, I'm a fiscally conservative, gun-toting, bird-watching, nature-loving, big corporation working for Republic, uh, Democrat, Democrat, whatever. What am I? Are you? Dem- are you are- <laughs> I am a Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to paint myself within a particular line. I know I have particular. Uh, um, views that i think are somewhat conservative well you've already expressed your views regarding you know big corporations like disney yeah i got no problem with it <laughs> pretty much <laughs> fucking with the copyright laws yeah and- no that stuff just doesn't bother me okay i mean if they threaten to like take away video gaming or something that piss me off but okay um but no that, that stuff doesn't bother what me. what about guns uh guns i I don't want to say I'm for putting a gun in everyone's hand, but I'm almost almost there. Like I think arming good people is a good thing. Arming the average citizen, I, ar- as opposed arming to- good people, good the people, people that want to go register their gun, the people that want to go get concealed carry licenses, the people that want to go through the trouble of being a good guy. Right. That's a good thing. Right. I don't. Well, I don't. Last thing I want to do is take a gun out of their hands. For Christ's sakes, they might save my life someday. So gun control doesn't make any sense to me because it sort of means drug control, which just makes a market and one that I have to uh, participate in nefarious activities to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a good guy and guns are illegal, I can't have a gun. Right. You have to wait 20 minutes for the cops to show up when you dial 911 instead of being able to protect yourself. Right, right. So I, I see people as being the good guys, which go through the hoops and the necessary steps and training to be good guys, and then the bad guys, which just buy it illegally anyway, which is the same market as a nefarious market underneath gun control, right? So all you do is take guns away from good guys. You, you take what you're doing, quote unquote, gun control, and seeks to take guns out of the hands of the average citizen. But that's retarded. You can't do that. But that that's what that's what the gun law is like here in Virginia. Um, we used to have a concealed carry permit law that the state of Virginia issued. I believe it was thirteen thirteen hundred odd uh, permits per year, every year, mm-hmm. and it was always the same people, and they were all friends of some politician somewhere, mm-hmm. and that was the only way you got it. 
It didn't matter if you, you know. I thought now they had an open policy. Well, what happened was is the pendulum swung in the other direction. People got fed up with the bullshit. And our current concealed carry is a shall issue. And I went in about a month after they put that law in place. And between the people at the Fairfax Government Center and the cops who were, you know, about a quarter of a mile away and there was no parking over there. So you had to walk. And I think I was doing this in the snow. Um, they, They bounced you back and forth three or four times. You had to have cash, a cashier's check or money order. And a personal check to pay for all three separate things. You mean for the concealed carry? For the concealed carry. Now, well, this is this was right after that, and like the they they had an example of the form you needed to fill out at the police station, but they wouldn't let you use their photocopier. So you you know that you couldn't take the form. You had to go to this office and get a copy of the form and do do all these tricks. And now you walk into one office. And you do everything, and you're done. Well, and, and and I think when 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 they saw the the amount of violent crime go down because people like me, your average citizen, was able to carry a gun, they understood that you know we were right. Well, to be honest, with, to be honest with you, you were talking about. Um the process in which you acquire a concealed carry license. Yeah. That is nothing I've ever been concerned about. And when I hear people that are support that support um, lack of gun control mm-hmm. and I hear them complain about having to jump through hoops and processes to get a gun, I don't have a single problem with that at all. There is nothing in the world, quite frankly, that makes me need my gun that I feel that I'm fully have a full right to have and conceal. But there's nothing in the world other than maybe inconveniencing me to a, you know, a considerable degree. But I don't need it in some particular time. I got to have it by tomorrow because I'm going on a duck hunting trip. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So the process in which you get one, I don't think needs to necessarily be that fast. I'm for making sure you're giving a concealed carry license to the right individual. There, But there's a difference between... You know, getting all the information and processing it efficiently and being given a government runaround. Okay. And that's – like I said, and, 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 you shouldn't waste someone's and, and, time. And we, and we should we should set that aside because it, it, it has changed since then. It's all – it's – Right. I don't want to waste anyone's time. I'm just saying I don't want to hand them out like it's some easy process. Right. You and and, and there, there should be, you know, you know if, if you don't have any felonies, right. if you, you know, aren't – you know, a mental patient. But but are the facilities in place at at Jack's Gun Shack in the middle of nowhere? Are the facilities in place to gather that information that, fast enough? That's a gun sale issue. That's not a concealed, a concealed carry. carry okay, well then I'm I'm touching a couple different the same topics though. But in either situation, I'm sure in a concealed carry the uh, digital information is available that would state whether or not you're a criminal or not, and they could ex- make that a little more of an expedient they, process. They have. 14 days, 30 days, something like that. To get all their acts together. To, to issue you the permit. Okay. You don't get it that day. That's completely acceptable. Now, when people talk about going to buy guns down at the local corner, yeah, you know, gun shop, and needing it like in 25 minutes, I think that's a little absurd. I mean, don't you? <laughs> uh, I, 
In most cases, yes. But, you know, if, if you're out at a bar one night and some jackal, jackhole, jackoff, jackoff, jackass, asshole, that was, um, I collapsed, I collapsed both of those. Yeah. Some jackhole picks a fight with you, you know, and pulls a knife and, and is, is threatening you. And you see this guy the next day following you around. Yeah. Okay. And, and you, you know, and this guy, you know, picks up a gun and waves it at you and points at you and says, you know, I'm going to kill you. That's brandishing a firearm. Call the police, have him arrested. Okay. So you, you call the cops. They can't find him. I understand what you're saying. And if all the, if you want to, if you want to protect yourself, you need, you need a gun right now. Okay. If then you need to travel to a gun shop that has the correct digital information access to be able to determine whether or not you're allowed to have a gun right now. Well, but if you go to Jack's gun shop and he's got, you know, a, a, a tin can and a string connecting him to the world, there's no way you should let him sell you a gun in five minutes. Well, what, what you're talking about is what are called, you know, tabletop gun dealers. Okay. Okay. And if you go to a gun store in, in Fairfax County and you buy a firearm, you have to wait seven to ten days, something like that, mm-hmm. in order to get it. That's a Fairfax County thing. Uh, if you drive, if you drive like out into Loudoun County or or Fauquier County, yeah, like Clark Brothers or something. Clark, like that. Yeah, you can go you, out to you Clark go Clark get a gun in twenty minutes. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't necessarily support that unless they have the right they mechanisms. Pick, they pick up a phone. They they read somebody your driver's license okay. number, your social security number, blah blah blah, and they get a. Confirmation. A confirmation, a, a go or a no go. That seems acceptable. Now, a tabletop dealer is, is an indi- typically an individual who's gotten a federal firearms license for sale to in order to sell firearms, and he you know he buys and uh, he buys them and sells them to his buddies. You know, that's a little shady. It's perfectly legal. Uh, I'm sure it is, but if he's selling guns to people that aren't his buddies, then I don't necessarily think that's cool. I mean, how do you, how do you, that means now I have to trust his judgment on whether or not somebody should have a gun or not. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It, partially you have to, but you know, you can have someone who's, you know, a, a home dealer who, who does gun trade shows, who maybe does, uh, gunsmithing and just orders guns when, you know, when people want them, you know, or sells what he has in stock because he's, he's rotating stuff through, um, you know, he, he buys and sells used guns well, and he goes to gun shows and he has a table at gun shows. He can be a perfectly upstanding guy. Yeah, but a, he's, a, a, a perfectly, and he's going to have the same ability to call in, and that sale and fill out the right forms and and do everything that needs to happen. Okay, so all that stuff is required. Then he's got to do all those things. Every every licensed gun dealer is required to do. Okay, that. well, yeah, that that makes it's that makes it's sense. the guys who are required to do it who don't that are that the are problem. the problem. Clearly, well, just like the guys that are required to license a gun and go buy it on the street, just like drug available. I mean, that's the problem, right? And and part of the problem is. Um, at least here in 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 the DC metro area, is not. Uh, if you look at DC, DC has basically every kind of firearm you can think of is illegal in DC. Right. 
pistols are illegal. But, you know, for a while there, they were the murder capital of the U.S. And the way that they were getting their guns was they were driving out here into northern Virginia, into the older neighborhoods. Bringing them in. Well, no. If you had uh, um, an outdoor post, uh, a post office, not a post office, a post box, a, a mailbox, like out by the curb or if, or uh, sit bolted to the side of your house mm-hmm. that someone could just lift up and get your mail. All you needed was um, a piece of mail, and I think this is still true, that has your you know somebody's name on a bill. And then you can say, I just moved to Virginia. This is my bill. I'm Paul Fisher after stealing Paul Fisher's telephone bill. And they, the, the DMV put your picture on a driver's license with my name. Right. Because they walked in with a bill. And then immediately, as soon as they had that driver's license, they would drive to a gun store. And buy as many guns as they could. Seems like a considerable breakdown in the process. Right. Well, you know, instead of correcting this process with how you get driver's license, they they slap this seven to ten day waiting period. I forget what the exact number is Hmm. um, on the average citizen who just wants to get a gun. But still, again, the the chances of somebody like in the scenario you painted before, and you need to get a gun now. Uh, that's a pretty unlikely scenario, although possible, it's pretty unlikely. I don't think the seven to ten day thing is that big of a deal, but I'm not naive. Also, I know you you can probably go to Heckinger's and build a gun pr- pretty easily. If, oh yeah, if you really wanted to. I mean, you know, a a dowel rod and you know, <laughs> you know, a tube, a handle, a rubber yeah, band, you, and you, a you can build a zip gun pretty easily. I figured you could. So, you know, if somebody really wants to use a gun for for bad reasons, they can just make one. Right. And and I think we agree you shouldn't make it hard on the average person. So let's let's go to a different topic. Sure. Let's talk about our dear president, George Bush the second. Okay. King well, Bush the second. What do you want now? <laughs> threat or menace? Um threat or menace? Yeah, George Bush. George W. Bush, I, threat or menace? I don't think really either of them. I mean I would paint him more as a threat than a menace. Okay. I think he's um I don't know. Uh, again, I painted myself the uh, uh, fiscally conservative guy that I am. Um, I'm more of a fan of Bush than most people are, but I'm diametrically opposed to some of his things, like uh, terribly so. You know, his views on religion, his views on stem cell research, you know, his his views on on gagging scientists. Well, and and substituting religion for science. Uh, well, that's just re- retarded. Yes, but his <laughs> seemingly uh, cowboy—we're not going to take any shit from nobody. Attitude. I like that. Definitely like that because I'm I'm the guy that says, you know, <laughs> we're right. That's all, that's all I know. That's that's literally how I believe. We're right. You're wrong. So if so that we- means invading Iran. Fuck you, invade Iran. Okay, now if he had Don't gone care. after Iran, mm-hmm. which actually had but some I feel links the same, to terrorists. I feel the same thing about, about Saddam. It, it, exactly the same thing. And you want me to know how I compare it to? Um, 
let's think uh, Al Capone, for example, was brought down primarily underneath the premise of tax evasion. Mm-hmm. Um, get them how you fucking can. That's all I have to say. How you can. However you need to sell the story. If you need to make up a lie to move an army to the other side of the planet to get Saddam Hussein under the guise of weapons of mass destruction, then so fucking be it. You know, you know what my problem with that is? That they weren't honest about saying just that? No. Oh, okay, what? My big problem was Afghanistan. Okay. We went to Afghanistan to kick the Taliban's ass because they're a bunch of fuckheads and they supported terrorists and they were shielding Osama bin Laden. And then, you know, we went in, we, we got rid of a large hunk of the Taliban. Took we care of business. Took care of business. We still haven't found bin Laden. Well, he's one guy. I, I really don't care about but him at all. The guy... I do. The guy's I mean, got seven hundred and eighty million dollars. Well, I mean, he can buy a lot of really fun weapons, and so could Saddam Hussein in the yeah, same but, exact situation with Sa- the same mentality and the same power in money. No, see, of Saddam course. did not have the same mentality. Saddam, I d- the, the, re- the religious, the religious zealots, the religious fucktards that are you know supporting terrorism were after Saddam Hussein. But they weren't doing business with him. They wanted to kill him. But that doesn't matter to me. You see, what matters to me is a homicidal lunatic commanding hundreds of millions of stolen dollars. He needs to be taken care of. That's no manner of discussion is going to make me think otherwise. He's a menace and he should be taken care of. Whether or not it should have been done first or fifth or with some other method, I, I don't know. I don't really care. It's already been done now, and now we got to deal with the situation. Well, that, but we still haven't done anything about Osama bin Laden. We are we're not doing what we need to do in Afghanistan. You know, you know, I supported us going into Afghanistan because I believed in the mission, and I said, if you're going to go in, go in and do it right. I think you know, don't. Yeah. He's now fighting a war on two fronts. He's in, he's put in this backdoor draft, and. He won't actually give his generals as much in the way of troops as they they need to get the job done. I don't know that I agree with – I haven't read or heard any confirmation that uh, people that make commanding decisions in the military are requiring more troops. That seems ludicrous to me. Requiring or requesting? Requesting or requiring. Oh, no. They have. Well, then if they requested them – If you watch the news, they've said, we need more troops, and then the next day after somebody talks to them – they say no. We'll we'll, be, we'll do fine with the troops we have. Well, again, I would prefer to hear the information from a you know some news source. I, I just it seems to me ludicrous that you would. I mean, these things that happen in these kind of engagements, they're not like uh, a general makes a request for uh, soldiers today mm-hmm. and somebody tomorrow goes okay or no. That's r- ridiculous. These are complicated logistical nightmares where a general had to request those troops probably six months ago. And the, the amount of time it takes procedures and papers and stamps and approvals for it to go through, it's not shot down by George Bush. It's it's a very elaborate thing. It's And I don't believe that. I think when the generals are setting up their plan for Iraq, they get exactly what they ask for. Now, maybe it's underestimated. It may be six months old, but that's the way you wage war. All right. Well, uh, 
We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Good news, everyone. Several years ago, I tried to log on to AOL and it just went through. We're online. www.balticonpodcast.org Let the Balticon Podcast take you inside the minds of the people who make science fiction happen. Get the scoop on what's happening in science fiction from authors, techies, and scientists. We guarantee that you'll be entertained and enlightened. Here are a few of the things we've talked about in past episodes. Eric Raymond, the third most famous geek in the world. And I walked into the conference center there, and I knew that I was not dealing with your father's IBM. I can remember when IBM was the great enemy of all actors. The Cathedral and the Bazaar. The Cathedral and the Bazaar. In 1998, when I started the open source propaganda campaign, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that it was IBM I was going to help turn over. Keith DeCandido. Most of what I do are media tie-in novels. Um, Star Trek novels... Uh, I did the first novel based on Farscape. I've also done a bunch of movie novelizations, including both Resident Evil movies and uh, the Joss Whedon movie Serenity that's coming out in September. The Balticon Podcast. Great interviews with the people who make science fiction happen. Authors, fans, and honest-to-God scientists. And we play music at the end. Search for Balticon in iTunes or visit us at www.balticonpodcast.org. Say something, anything. Test one, two, three. Anything but that. What is an uplifter? Science fiction writer William Gibson has a quote that says, The future is here. It just isn't widely distributed yet. The uplifter movement is dedicated to the proposition of distributing the future more evenly. What are aspects of an uplifter? Here's a list of attributes of an uplifter. Uplifters live within their means, generally comfortably below their means. Uplifters embrace doing things for themselves, a la the DIY items from MakeZine. Uplifters don't use technology for its own sake, but use technology as a tool for good overall. Uplifters support independence in all forms, independent blogs, independent music, independent whatever. Uplifters actively embrace citizens' media, including blogging, podcasting, and vlogging. These are all proactive ways of spreading knowledge. Uplifters understand that knowledge is power and share what they know. Additional characteristics of uplifters. They are driven by enlightened pragmatism. They reject corporate culture and the false scarcity models they encourage. They reject DRM and usage restrictions on the media they buy. You don't own it if you can't use it when you want and where you want. They know the best person to tell your story is yourself. They know power is taken, not given. For participating in Uplifter Org events in your area or for starting your own chapter, please contact us at the Uplifter Org blog, uplifter.org backslash blog. Bring what you have, teach what you know, learn what you need. Uplift. Professor, please, the fate of the world depends on you. 
getting to second base with Mom. Very well. If Copperfield I must, then Copperfield I shall. And we're back. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about guns. We've talked about war. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the debt. National debt? Uh, yeah, national debt. So, so Bill Clinton... Okay, le- don't left, get me started on that le- dumbass. ...left us with a surplus. Bill Clinton didn't leave us with anything. Bill Clinton was happened to be in office when the tech boom took off. It, it, it became the crown jewel of the U.S. economy. Shot, you know, shot everything. I don't, I don't think that's Clinton's responsibility. He was just the guy on the watch. <laughs> what did he do that bolstered the economy to that degree? Give me information that would lead me to believe that his influence caused that. If anything, I think uh, things that happened before him were reflected in the economy. Many years after the seeds took place, certainly the man at the top has a lot to do with what's with what goes on in the economy, just in his choice of Fed chief, his choice of uh, deciding whether to have a strong dollar as Clinton did or a weak dollar as Bush has done. Um, There's a lot of things that come from the office of the president that affect the economy. Certainly the tech boom was going to happen, whether or not it was going to get it as high as it got in the way of generating revenue for the federal government uh, or not, there's, you know, there might've been 30%, 40% more or less depending on who was in office, okay. but we still left okay. the Clinton presidency with a big surplus in cash. And Clinton also squeaked out of having to spend any real amount of money on an engagement in Somalia, which was a half-assed ordeal. Somalia, we should have never gone into Somalia. But but there's example after example. I mean, right. I uh, mean, the he, USS Cole bombing that, that he chose to ignore, the bombing of the World Trade Center that was ignored. I mean, lots of money could be spent on retaliation over those events. They he chose to do retaliation by cruise missile. Okay. Instead of putting troops on the ground, you're not going to hold any ground. You're not going to change things long term without troops on the ground. You're also not going to do anything with sending in a few cruise missiles. Uh, you know, if you blow up a few terrorist <laughs> camps, yeah, I guess. But um, you, 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 it sends a very strong message, in my opinion, to the terrorists that uh, I'm a big pussy and I'm going to send after you my fifty million dollar uh, flying shiny objects and some of them are going to hit and some are going to miss but then that's all I'm going to do and I'm, and they don't cost that much money whatever they cost but the point is this Clinton in my opinion painted us out to be a paper tiger beyond belief and I think ultimately would led up to some of these attacks because he refused to do anything about them turn his oh, back he, he he responded to them. But he didn't drop 50,000 troops on the ground. I think he responded to them in a manner that would draw uh, as little negative attention to himself as possible in the uh, ultimate plan to secure his second term. I I truly believe that he was more concerned about being president for eight years when he sent, you know, uh, special forces into Somalia in broad daylight basically to their deaths. Or to many of their deaths. Well, first off, they were not sent in in broad daylight. They were sent in at night. However, the camera crews for the press met them on the beach. No, no, no. 
Yes, I saw. I, I was. I watched the footage live on CNN. Okay, well, the the seals are swimming ashore in the middle of the night. No, I didn't. And think the that, camera crews are waiting for them. Well, there was absolutely was a, no secret that, that was these a guys different were coming. That was a different engagement. I'm talking about the Black Hawk quote unquote down incident in Somalia, where they sent in uh, Delta Force, you know, seals and every other special forces in the middle of the day oh. into the middle of the city to take out, you know, 25 or 30 people, capture them. And basically misuse of trained um, soldiers, misuse of their capability and capacity. That, that, that I'm, I seriously believe that that had to be a locally run tactical situation from what i understand clinton held the reins back on that attack in order to not bring a lot of political attention to the to the scene and also held back the use of weaponry specifically so in other words let's hamstring our military and send in a surgical knife which is what these special forces units are into an environment that that's really not what you do with them you don't fly yeah. them in, in the middle of the day watch the damn movie <laughs> movie will I paint, have wa- I it'll, have watched it'll the paint movie. the scene that they were sent into. It was not a smart environment. I have now, watched the movie. You're right. It could be down the chain more. I don't know that Clinton made these decisions. I hate the effing guy. And if I can pin on him the blood of those people that died in that involvement, then I would love to pin it on his ass. Okay. Well, <laughs> what about what about all of the soldiers who have died on Bush's watch? Who are getting torn up because they don't have the right armor on their vehicles? Um, well, who are being who are being sent out in convoys and who are who are uh, those are great points. And I and I don't I don't you know, know dying because you know the U.S. is too cheap to put armor on it. Meanwhile, he's giving tax cuts to his buddies I don't, and giving contracts to Halliburton. Well, okay, hold on. Two points. I don't know that vehicles don't have the armor that they're required. That they, they didn't when they first got there. They may have them now. Okay, but but perceiving the use of improvised explosive devices on these vehicles may not have been in the For plan. two years? But – okay. They, they knew about it by then. I, I just don't buy that somebody is holding back the purse strings and the political attention as much – now as perhaps it was in the past i just it doesn't appear to be a lack of uh commitment on the military's part I, I'm, I'm not, not I'm, I'm not against the military i'm not blaming the military what i'm saying is that that the military is not getting what they need to to do this and it's fiscally irresponsible hmm. to be giving out tax breaks and handing money to uh Companies like Halliburton has no bid contracts, multi-year no bid contracts. Um, that see that doesn't bother me at all either. <laughs> it it bothers the hell out of me. That's an American company. Go team, go. Yeah, but there are lots of other American companies who are equally as capable as Halliburton. That may that may be true, but it's still in my twisted mind. It's better than a Japanese company doing the business. I'd, honestly, if I'm if I'm a so if, if I'm a government, and I want to set up. If the Halliburton guys are are charging ten million dollars to do a a job that oh I don't know uh, Boeing might do for a million, or okay. they're charging a billion dollars to do for, a job that Boeing might do for a hundred million. First off, I don't know that Halliburton is charging ten or twenty or a hundred times more than the next available bidder would. Well, do then you're you're not you're not paying attention to the news because. Um, the the government accounting office has 
withheld money from Halliburton for uh, non-performance and a bunch of other things, and uh, the Bush White House has paid them anyway. Well, I, I don't know. I'd just be talking out of my ass if I said anything about that, but... That's never stopped you before. Well, that's, that's absolutely true. Well, seriously, I, I guess, uh, I guess it just doesn't bother. I, it, I guess it would, it just would bother me, honestly, if it was a foreign company. I mean, it I, would bother the fuck out of me even more. Okay, all right. If it were a foreign company, but, but when it's an American company that were, uh, it's like mob style, you know, handing them the the paychecks. I really look at it as a team effort. I really do. I know I'm twisted. It's a team. We're all on the same team. Go team, go. You might say you're ridiculous. And another point I wanted to get to, and I hate it when you Democrats say this about George Bush giving tax breaks to all the rich. George Bush did not give tax breaks to the rich. Did I say rich? I said tax breaks. To to his buddies. To corporations. But you did say to his buddies, which does imply to the rich, which is not true. Well, his corporations are – the oil company, you know, his buddies are the oil companies. They're big corporations. Those are his buddies. Again, American companies, good for the economy, no, good stuff. Bad for the economy. How is it bad for the economy? Because we're running up a, a multi, you know, a multi-trillion dollar debt. Well, we had to buy stuff. <laughs> if we had to pay for this stuff, all these this war costs money, dude. Dude, that's why you. You have taxes so that you can bring in money sure. to pay for things. It's called tax and spend. Yeah, strong. That's how the government works. Yeah, they tax people and they, they spend, spend the money. But, but companies based in America with strong profits are good for the overall American not, economy. Not if all that money is going into you know executives' pockets. Well, it, you know it's yeah. a trickle down. Of kind of thing, it and it's it's a ripoff. It's a major league ripoff. I cannot believe that that <laughs> you know you're just you're you're happy you're happy to have George Bush back a dump truck full of money up to you know the the CEO of Halliburton's house. You know, and, I just don't buy into all that crap. And, it's, and it's so that this is it sounds like the plot that, of a movie. It's like some conspiracy theory. It's like what? I just I I I want to believe. Uh, there's more good in the world. I think that's what it comes down. But to. there, there isn't. There, I, I, guess. I mean, well, there's tons of good in the world. These guys are not it. <laughs> George Bush is not part of the good. I, uh, I got to put a dollar in the in the kitty. All right. <laughs> um, another thing. Everything that comes up, he says. Well, I prayed real hard about that. I'm gonna pray for this. I had a great conversation with my sister a couple of months ago. She uh, she said she was lying on the couch and she was praying to God to help her find her keys, and that she had to hang up with me now to go look for her keys because she was going to ask God to help her find them. She was at least at least had to get off the couch and meet him halfway. Yeah, it sounds pretty. You know, it's just like everything he does is we're going to pray. Well, how about you get off your fucking ass and go find, you know, go find the weapons of mass destruction. Go find Osama bin Laden. But that's silly to think that because we're not finding weapons of mass destruction or Osama bin Laden, that we're not making successes in an overall effort against terrorism. Iraq is about – actually, no. I think we've created more terrorists than there were before. So what are you going to do, not address the problem? You're not you're not going to go into Iran and take care of nuclear weapons because you don't want to oh, make more terrorists. Yes. Oh hell yes! I mean that, that doesn't I, I, work. It, it, 
Iran, all we have to do is bomb their fucking ar- reactors. Well, they move them underground and you can't bomb them. Then what do you do? Uh, Point is, is there you're, someday you're going to need to move dudes in there to go take care of the situation. Okay. And are you going to be concerned about making more terrorists then? I hope the hell not. I don't, I don't but, give two shits about making more terrorists. You know what they can do? They can go to Iraq and freaking die fighting a war that they believe so strongly in. Personally, I would like to fund them all to be suicide bombers and send them all after each other. Well, that would be fantastic. Let them let them blow each other the fuck up. Because yeah. if they're stupid enough to wear a, a backpack of dynamite in the name of God, in, yeah, in, in, in the name of an invisible man that watches everything, right? Then, then I think they're probably stupid enough that you can just tell them to pretty much go anywhere, and, and that you know they're going to go to heaven if they blow themselves up when they get here. I'm so conflicted in my views. Are you? I guess so. Why? It's very rare that you find a conservative atheist, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think, uh, but that's that, I think, is, is kind of where I was going with this episode, is that we have two political parties. And George Bush campaigned, he said, I am a uniter, not a divider. And we have a more divisive country than before, than before he... Got into office. Don't, don't think I like the dude. Don't think I, I, I was like George Bush is the best man. To, I thought you did like him. He's what I got. It's like too late, dude. That's who you got. I, I agree with you. That's that's who we got, and and the only option is to you know you know oh that's that's what I want to do. Tell me, please, how the fuck can the Democrats actually get back in the game? Because. With how, all of this crap that's going on, that's real issues that people want to sink their teeth into, you have, you know, Hillary Clinton running after flag burning. Who the who the fuck cares if they're burning our flag? It's because the Democrats like to uh, politicize everything, sling mud. They don't seem well organized either. I don't know. It just it, well, sling mud. The the Bush administration. Uh, uh, in particular, not the entire Republican machine, but the Bush administration and their friends are the kings of slinging mud. They smear anyone who comes comes anywhere near them. Hmm. They took John Kerry, who is a war hero. A war hero, huh? Yes, a war hero. No, he's not, dude. Yeah, and they, right, they, right, they, right. they found one guy who, 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 you know, was was best friends with, you know, Somebody in the Republican Party to go make a lot of noise, and they smear him. John Kerry. John Kerry went to war. He fought in combat. And he, and George he, Bush wasn't anywhere near. And he it. got a medal for shooting somebody in the back. <laughs> that's how he got his medal. I don't think that's true. I do definitely think it's true. Read, read books on John Kerry and his real performance in a candy coated tour on his little boat that was apparently a, just a complete facade. At least he was there. I, I guess so. That's true. But but he again, went to Vietnam. The, he the, served his country. The po- the point is is it's it's all bu- all the choices are bullshit. I don't really believe he served his country any more than Bush did. Bush was flying around in the Air National Guard. He when served he his up. country. Well, Kerry clearly there's a lot of stuff that I've heard about that you haven't, or it's negative press to his term during war. 
in an incident regarding shooting a Vietnamese boy in the back. <laughs> Read about it. I swear to God. Okay. Any, anyway, point is, is they both suck. You don't. Know. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm pro Carrie. What I'm saying is they they smeared Carrie. And I want you to think about this for for our next episode because I want you to tell me how the Democratic Party can get off their asses and get back in the game. And uh, for everyone who's listening, that uh, what am I saying? Who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? Okay, for everyone who's listening, if you have some ideas as to how the Democrats can get back in the game, uh, I'd appreciate hearing about them. And, uh, you know, feel free to send us email, and uh, I'll give you that information in just one second. Thank you for joining us for another ADD cast. We were glad that you hung around to listen. We're sorry this episode came out so late. My dog ate my podcast. No, um, I was arrested and held as a suspect. No, that doesn't work either. Um, well, what can I say? A, a, a big 747 worth of work got dumped on my head, and it's all my fault. That's what it comes down to. It's just all my fault. So give me a break. Send me some email, addcast at gmail.net. Check out the website, www.addcast.net. We've been having some domain problems. You may not have been able to reach the domain for a while. Um, our registrar was under attack by internet terrorists. And, uh, and then uh, the lovely spring storms knocked out our power and uh, we had no more server. So there you go. That's the end of it all. Uh, music this time out. Uh, wait, no, license. License, Creative Commons 2.5. Non-commercial... Uh, attribution required you can use this podcast you can use any piece of this podcast that you want to unless you're making money and you better say where you got it from otherwise my 800 pound lawyer will sit on you um music music is it time for music yet yes i think it is it's time for the music and today's music is that fantabulous song called the first drink of the day by the band seven seconds of love Last longer than, well, <clears throat> I think we'll just leave it right there. Y'all have a good day, good evening, good night, wherever you may be. Uh, and uh, thanks for staying subscribed. The first drink of the day! The first drink of the day! The first drink of the day! The first drink of the day!
Blaster.